This is the problem. This is exactly what the slippery slope looks like. As you know, assisted dying is legal in Canada, but there are safeguards. One of them is that if you are mentally ill and if you are not dying, you do not qualify for assisted dying. Last week, 27-year-old Adam Meyer Clayton died by suicide. He suffered severe mental illness and had applied for assisted dying and had been denied. Supporters say that Adam was a perfect example of someone who made a perfectly calm and competent decision to end his life. Opponents, of course, will question how someone with a mental illness can make a competent decision. But this is where we are. How tragic is it that a 27-year-old sees no other end to his suffering than suicide and that our response as a society is to say that we should have helped him end his life? Pain, physical, social and emotional can be managed and we need to understand that. Hastening death or causing the death of someone who is not dying is not the compassionate response in the face of suffering. But those who think it is will push push, push until we slide, slide, slide more and more into a law that allows assisted dying to anyone for any reason, no matter what, because I can do whatever I want with my body. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Emily Callan. I'm Billy Chen. You didn't say I'm Emily Callan. You just said Emily Callan. Well, because I figured <laughs> I just needed to, you know... Uh, you are you are, you okay. are who you are, right? Okay, it is. But I, I, I can understand why she can be confused, a little, you know, distracted today, Billy, because... We have new things. Yes. We, we have new things. So this room is distracting because it's not just a bare wall anymore. Of course, our listeners can't see the room. Maybe we can direct them to a video or a photo. Hopefully. Hopefully that you can go to our website, <laughs> saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Um, or on Facebook, Salt and Light. Definitely. We're on Facebook, Billy. All the media platforms. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and we can put a photo or a video or yeah. something of our room. So you can see our nice acoustic panels. We have lamps. We have all these CDs. And we have a new person behind here. Behind her. And, and no, there's no person here. <laughs> there's no person here <laughs> holding a camera. Um, so our studio is improving. Hopefully the program doesn't need improving because it's already the best I was gonna say, radio it's program also in the Catholic world. <laughs> yeah, okay, Very whatever. Nice. I don't know. Um, but Emily, Billy and I were talking the other day yes. about how um, insecure we are about, about this what? program and about what we do. And we Why, need people guys? to write us. Am I get we oh, need people okay. to write us. Oh, because yeah, you're right. We need the like affirmation. Nobody ever writes to say, hey, that was a great show. If it was a horrible show, they'll write and tell you that was a horrible show or that was something stupid. Mm. But if it's really good, nobody says, hey, we love the show. We listen to the show. So all we, all, what I would like people to do. Right now. Right now, if you're listening to, the, unless you're driving, if you're driving, don't, unless <laughs> you want to pull over and pull out your phone. But if you're listening to it on the radio, do, do this when you get home. But if you're listening to it online or podcasting or on off iTunes, or however you're consuming this program, send us a message. And there are various ways that you can do that. Email being probably the easiest, although yes. who uses email anymore? <laughs> radio at saltandlighttv.org. Radio at saltandlighttv.org. My personal Twitter is at Deacon Pedro GM. If you want to use Twitter, Billy is at Joe Chen. So that's the letter B, the name Joe. J-O-E. 
C-H-A-N. Yeah. B-J-O-E-C-H-A-N at B-J-O-C-H-A-N. And Emily, you are? At Emmy Callan. I think that's pretty straightforward. E-M-I. Callan, C-A-L-L-A-N. Yes, in French. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> really you can reach actually. all of us on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, Deacon Pedro. Billy, I don't know if you're on Facebook. Yeah, but you know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't want people that. to reach you on <laughs> Facebook. But anyway, you can you can look for Deacon Pedro on Facebook, and, and I'll make sure that if you want to <laughs> share something with Billy, I'll pass it on. So Please. right now, write to us. What do you want people to tell us? You know, just say anything. I mean, for the sake of making me happy. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how I can improve. I just, I just want to know that. I actually, yeah. great. I, I just want to <laughs> know that people are listening to the show. Yes. So if you're listening to the show, if you listen to the show the first time or the last, hopefully not the last time, um, <laughs> or if you listen to the show as much as you can, or you podcast the show, or you look forward to know like what the show is going to be about. Yes. Um, uh, you Anything. love salt and light. Just yeah. write to us so that we know, so that we don't feel bad about what we're doing, um, and 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 despair. And we need you to do it now. Don't think that you're going to do it later. Don't think, oh, a hundred other people are going to do it, so I'm not going to do it. No, we need you right now to send an email. If or not you, then who? If not you, then who? <laughs> wow. wow. Um, send us send us a it's Twitter a message. Okay, so there you go. That's that's <laughs> it. We will remind you throughout the show to keep doing this. And 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 we have a jam-packed show today. Emily, uh, yeah. do any headlines on the news? Yeah, well, I mean... Well, the Pope is in Egypt. Exactly. So going to talk mainly about that. Okay, good. Um, as well, the Ontario bishops were yes. with the Pope this week. They did their ad limina visit, so we're going to talk about that good, as well. Good, great. Now, do, I think we need to break the news, and I'm sorry to say this, that... We do not record this program live. The illusion has been broken. Pedro, we actually record this program. We talked about this. No, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But we record this program every Wednesday. <laughs> and, and, and so it makes some things a little difficult. We're not going to pretend that it's live. You might be listening to this program on, on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, especially if it's on the radio. If you're podcasting, you can listen to it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tape it on Wednesday, which means that I think we're going to start in the weeks to come start letting people know hey this is what we're thinking we're going to talk about so that you can send us more emails and more messages telling us what you think about what we're going to do so we didn't do that this week but we will in the future so it's Wednesday today Mm -hmm. that we're recording this on the weekend the Pope will be in In Egypt Egypt. and we're going to talk about on Wednesday, we're going to talk about what the Pope is going to do in Egypt and pretend that we know that we know what's, <laughs> what's going on because you're hearing it on Saturday. So you see a big thing? Egypt? It's, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's huge, yeah. right? It's huge. And Emily's going to tell us all about it Great. in about, in about t- two minutes. Two minutes. Yes. In two minutes. And after Emily tells us all about that, Billy is going to have his segment, Church for... Dummies. Dummies. So what are we going to talk about today, Billy? We, you know, last week we had the really long mass, right? Easter Vigil. Is it very long? <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> three, very, very three hours. Long yeah, one. but uh, you know, uh, I I would like to know more about mass because okay. of that. Mm. The mass. So we are going to talk about the order of mass and how can we prepare it. Okay, sounds good. And it sounds like we're going to talk about the mass not just today, but in the weeks to come because mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about there. So that's uh, uh, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan in about 10 minutes or so. 15 minutes and then today Sebastian Gomes is back with a Connect 5 segment. He's speaking with Father Peter Galadza 
which I'm sure you know who he is. He's a liturgy professor at the Sheptistsky Institute, which I'm sure you know where that is. Um, it's actually in Ottawa. It's uh, He's an expert in Easter Christian studies. Um, and at this Sheptistsky, I can't even <laughs> pronounce it. The Sheptitsky Institute of Eastern Christian Studies is an institute of St. Paul University in Ottawa, okay. Ontario. So he's an expert in Eastern Christian studies. And they're going to be speaking about the significance of the meeting between Pope Francis and Patriarch Kirill or Cyril. I never know how to pronounce that. Um, people say both. People say Kirill. Um, in French, we say Cyril. Cyril, Cyril. yeah. He's the primate mm-hmm. of the Russian Orthodox Church. If you remember, he met. they met in Cuba. Mm-hmm. a couple years ago and that's at the end of our first half hour now at in our second half hour you guys we're going to talk about a devotion that I'm going to ask you do you have a special devotion to the divine mercy do you guys I you know not not I love putting people on the spot not a little bit I do I do actually yeah. there's an image of the divine mercy yeah. right in front of our kitchen table at home oh, really? and I like yeah. to look at it when I'm having breakfast in the morning yeah. this, it's a de- yeah. it's a it's a it's a devotion that I prefer I don't want to say that I prefer it to the rosary but I do mm-hmm. um, so in the second half hour we're going to be speaking with uh, producer David Nalieri of the Knights of Columbus and Samantha Wallace, who's the social media coordinator for the for the Knights of Columbus, about a new video series called Mercy Stories. And these are stories yes. that, um, it's a series that shines a light on Catholics whose lives have been transformed by their devotion to divine mercy mm-hmm. and connects their stories with the story of St. Faustina, who was, of course, the saint who received the message of divine mercy. So that's going to be in our second half hour. If you haven't heard of Mercy Stories, go right now to your computer, hashtag Mercy Stories, and find out more. Um, And then lastly, a few times in this program, we've had singers whose voices have been described as voices of angels. A few times, not a lot. And and today's featured (laughs) artist is one whose voice, again, has been described as voice of an angel. This voice belongs to a 14-year-old Irish young man Mm. by the name of Cahal Gavin Um, and I'm not going to say any more because we're going to actually you get to listen to it um, for yourself Um, here is Cahal Gavin with Sarah McLaughlin's In the Arms of an Angel from his album Voice of an Angel Spend all your time waiting for that second chance For a break that would make it okay There's always some reason To feel not good enough And it's hard at the end of the day I need some distraction Oh, beautiful release Memories seep from my veins Let me be empty Oh, and weightless And maybe I'll find some peace tonight In the arms of the angel Fly away from here From this dark, cold hotel
some comfort here. We just heard Cahal Gavin with In the Arms of an Angel by Sarah McLaughlin from his album Voice of an Angel. And we're going to be speaking with Cahal Gavin in our second half hour. But first, Emily is still here with our news. Yes, exactly. So first, I'm going to start with the Catholic Ontario bishops who met Pope Francis this week. So they were at the Vatican. Right. Uh, they spent a week there. Um, all of the bishops of Canada get to meet the Pope at different times during the year. So um, the bishops of the West, as well as the bishops of the East mm-hmm. of Canada, have already met with the Pope, have already done their ad limina visit. So now it was the Ontario bishops who had their turn. And so this ad limina visit, just to kind of like give you a brief explanation on what it is, the ad limina visit is something that happens every five years normally. So every bishop gets to meet with kind of like the top bishop, the top, you know, right. the head honcho of the church um, to give... The um, so the Pope, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just, just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, you know, share with him what's been going on in their local church and to also just receive encouragement to pray with the Pope. Um, so it's a really special time for um, for these shepherds. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the Canadian bishops, however, they haven't done this. You know, they the last visit was in 2006. So it's actually been more than five years. Right. Um, they also get to do a pilgrimage. So they get to go to the tomb of uh, the saint, like St. Peter, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. celebrate Mass there, for example. Anyway, so it's a really special time for them to just to be together in um, yeah, in our, in our home, right? So um, when they met with the Pope, uh, they spoke about some of the issues that do concern um, Canadian Catholics. And in some of those issues were um, immigration, uh, our relationship with indigenous communities, uh, the persecution of Christians around the world, and uh, most especially um, the introduction of medically assisted suicide right. in Canada. So that was probably one of the more uh, important mm-hmm. topics. And, um, and, and even more specifically on um, their concern for the freedom of conscience right. of, um, of nurses and doctors uh, so mm-hmm. any, for the medical personnel here in, in Canada. Um, and so, yeah, the Pope uh, was very encouraging and agreed with their concern and um, right. for, for their fight for conscience rights. Mm-hmm. So that is what happened this week for our Ontario bishops. Yeah, that was the Ontario bishops. And can yeah. I just say that when, so Archbishop uh, Prendergast of uh, Ottawa tweeted a photo when they were at the airport on their way to Rome. Yes. And me being silly, I responded to his tweet and I said have fun <laughs> and he liked my tweet yay <laughs> that's always exciting thank you <laughs> Archbishop <laughs> Terry yeah kind of feel like a bit of a superstar when a bishop yes. likes your tweets he or my retweets tweet. you there you go <laughs> yeah Bishop Prendergast is, is really active on Twitter he so is. it's a lot of fun we get to kind of get a play by play of what's happening in Rome this week yes. because of him yeah, so so thanks a lot Bishop for yes. <laughs> thank you for doing that um Yes, and so we did mention earlier the Pope's trip to Egypt. Um, Yes, very, very important trip. Um, His first of the new year, since the beginning of the new year, but his 18th international trip overall. Um, He's spending two days in Cairo, so the, uh, the capital of Egypt. And it has like a, it's a threefold. Di- the, the trip has a threefold uh, dimension. It's a pastoral trip, ecumenical and interreligious. Um, why? Well, because he's going there uh, to to be with Christians, to meet with the the Catholics that are da- there, which are a very small. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very small minority um, in Egypt. The country is mainly Muslim. 
uh, it, the Christians also that make up uh, the Christian population are are Coptic Orthodox. Co- yeah. Yes. Sorry. Coptic. Coptics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Catholics make an even smaller percentage um, within that that population. And as we know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, there were those two attacks on the uh, right. the Egyptian churches, and that that killed more than forty people. A hundred of them were injured as well. And so this is even more significant for the Pope to go there at a time when, I mean, this isn't the only time where um, there's been violence in the country, um, but that the fact that the Pope is still choosing yes. to go and to be there, um, you know, is, is, is an even stronger sign of, of encouragement yes. And, yes. and strength and solidarity. Um, for yes. these people. Um, so as I said, pastoral, also ecumenical, because um, he will be meeting with uh, Pope Tewodros II, who is the uh, the head of the Coptic Church. Yes. Um, so again, another important meeting uh, for that. And um, interreligious, because he will also be meeting with the head of the um the Grand Imam of Al Azhar. Right. So, and they'll be going to the university there because there's an an international conference on peace, and they're both going to be speaking at this conference. And um, yeah, and this is one of the highest uh, institutions in uh, Sunni Islam. Right. So, uh, so for the again uh, for them to speak and say a very strong word, that's what Pope the people are hoping for for both of them to to say something a very strong message against um, radical. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and against uh, religious persecution. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now, again, as we mentioned earlier, so some of these events already happened. Uh, yes. Even though we're taping the program on Wednesday, yes. so yeah. the the address at the at the peace conference happened yesterday on Friday. Yes. Saturday morning, the big mass. All these events, you can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, mm-hmm. and you can watch all of them. If you missed any of that, that all of that is is on our website in various languages. I think most of them are in English, but I know we have. Um, some might be in other languages Uh, but thank you very much Emily for Mm -hmm. that update and uh, I'm sure that next week we can talk a little bit more about comments on on what happened in Egypt yeah Um, thank you so that's Emily Callan you can watch her every Friday on her program Vatican Connections it's also easy to find that program on demand at saltandlighttv.org and also on our Roku channel hey this is Chris Bray and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for Church for Dummies. I should be saying that that they can also keep in touch with you at Bijo Chan. In case, you know, they haven't already sent us a message. Because I'm sure there's people out there who heard us ask ask for a you know a message and they still haven't done it. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yes, I, I really appreciate if Anyone can send me a line. You know, just say hello. That is fine too. Hello. Just hello. a hello at, yeah. at, you can actually be at B. Joe Chan, at Decompetitor GM, at Emmy Callan. Hello. So one tweet one for tweet three people. One tweet for three people would be yeah. great and it would make our day. That anyway, so Church for Dumbing, uh, dumb, Dummies. Dumbing. Dumbing. Um, you want to talk about the mass? Yes. We would like to talk, uh, I would like to talk about the mass because okay. most of the time when we introduce some new friend, yeah. come to church, you know, the most, you know, um, the people always asking you to come to mass. Right. You know, try it, feel it, open your heart you know, okay. It, often is the first step 
when you enter a Catholic church. Right. Come to mass. Come see. Come see. But the thing is this, you know, we usually have wrong explanation mm. for mass. So we do not, we, we, we cannot give a, like a standard answer. Yeah. You know, if you ask different people, they will give, they will tell you what mass is. And, you know, when we talk about the order of mass, it will be even more like diverse. Different people giving you different explanation. Right. Right. Why do we need to kneel down? Why do we need to yeah. do that, do those? So that we can get some exercise. <laughs> we that means you don't need stand. to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't. You can. You don't need to go to the gym. You know, you can pray and exercise at the same time. Come to the Catholic Church. Yeah, and you know, when I when I teach people, you know, like catechism, uh, people will always say that why we need to go to mass is so boring. Yeah, so boring. I don't know how many youth or you know people telling you that come to my parish my parish is not boring <laughs> <laughs> holy martyrs of japan in bradford ontario um no but i i do get that of course yeah people don't get it and the other thing that i get is that people feel because we, we think that we go to mass like you go see a movie yeah you sit and and you watch something but that's not how we need to participate in mass that we actually need to participate that the, that the priest is not celebrating mass by himself of course we, we didn't Buy the ticket, right? So we no, we, exactly. we are not audience only. No, and and you're doing this like you're you're an audience for a show that you that you're <laughs> that you're that that is free, and and there's not even any popcorn and the music is bad and it's just boring. <laughs> so, but that's not the mass. The mass is the mass. In fact, my pastor always tells people that we need to help him celebrate mass. That he celebrates mass. Sorry, we all celebrate mass. He presides, but we all celebrate mass. So I think that that's the first thing I would tell people. Um, so we are participants. We are all participants. We are active participants. Mass. And in fact, that was a big change in the Second Vatican Council that uh -huh. said that 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 we need to have full and active participation in the mass. Um, so that means, in fact, I remember talking to uh, somebody, a liturgical composer once, who said that we think that that means that you should sing loud. Uh, <laughs> um, and, but the, no, it just means that we need to sing. We need to pay attention to the readings. If you need a missal so you can read along, read along, say the responses. Don't just sit there and be bored. So we are, we are mandatory. Is it mandatory to have parishioners in the Mass? Uh, it's not mandatory to have parishioners in the mass, but it's mandatory for the parishioners to, to go, go to mass, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So the priest, uh, a priest has to celebrate mass every day. Mm. Um, so every priest Every to priest has to celebrate mass every day. Now, a lot of priests might do that in private. So a priest can do mass in private. Oh. Um, so if, if, if there are, you know, f uh, I don't know, if you're traveling or something, you might do mass privately. Um, most priests are in a parish, and so they will celebrate mass in the parish or preside at mass in a parish. Um, but every Catholic has to go to Sunday mass because that is the obligation and solemnities. Now, in the United States, different countries have different solemnities. In Canada, we only have two, Christmas and New Year's Day. Is it by country or by diocese? It's by country. That's solemnities. It's by, by, by countries. By Episcopal country. conferences will determine what are the solemnities. Um, 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 but the obligation is every Sunday. And the reason I give, and this is not a great reason, I admit <laughs> that, but the reason I give is like, you know what? Jesus asked us to go. And Jesus shows up. So the least I can do is also go and show up. Mm. Um, but that, that's a difficult one to explain to people who are not Catholic or who are outside of the yep. church or who, yep. who don't really quite believe. Yep. Who don't really quite believe that Jesus is 
present. You know what? You know, in the, for the next few segment of、uh, Church for Dummies, I would like to go over a lot of things about Mars with you. Yes. And for example, the rules. You know how how do we prepare for the Mars? Right. You know, is there anything we cannot do before? Yeah, after, absolutely. Or we need to do something、yeah. after before, things like that. Very simple, but we may forget. Yeah, so we're going to do a whole little series, Church for Dummies series on the mass, and this is a great opportunity to get people to write to us <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> at Deacon Pedro GM and at Bijo Chan because you have ideas of how you prepared for mass, how the mass has been explained to you, what what was that, what made a difference, why do you go to mass? Write to us and let us know, and we can share those messages also, and then you can help me because I don't. Have all the answers,、um, and 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 as we all grow and learn、yeah. about our faith and about our church. Great. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank Billy, you, Billy Chan. He's a former radio host, and he's our, also our web guru here at Salt and Light Media. You can follow him at B Joe Chan. Hey, Audrey Saad here from Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about listening in, meeting a fascinating person, and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect Five. Today, Sebastian speaks with Father Peter Galatza of the Sheptitsky Institute about the significance of the meeting between Pope Francis and Patriarch Kirill, primate of the Russian Orthodox Church. On February 12, 2016, Pope Francis met Patriarch Kirill of Moscow in Havana, Cuba, and they signed a joint declaration. And it was huge news. It was the first time that this had happened,、uh, and there was a strong response from the Ukrainian Greco-Catholic Church, specifically about、uh, a paragraph、uh, outlining the conflict currently underway in Ukraine. Why the response that came from the Greco Ukrainian Greco Church? Well, I think the important thing to understand is that obviously Ukrainian Greco Catholics were happy that the meeting took place. They were dissatisfied that the dialogue was not entirely honest, and I think the the fault lies with with the Moscow Patriarchate here. I think which, which you know, in some ways manipulated、uh, the event, but the specific paragraph that you're referring to is paragraph 26, where They reference、uh, what they call hostility in Ukraine, without naming the cause of the hostility, which is the、um, invasion by Russian troops of Ukraine. And one of the reasons that this goes beyond, you know, questions of I don't know ecclesiology, all the Kind of things that that people discuss when they talk about the churches, because we're talking about ten thousand innocent lives that have been lost as a result of this conflict, which has been going on for for two years. And you know, for the Pope to be sitting next to the Patriarch of Moscow, who, with some of his ideological statements, his promotion of this idea of a Russian world, has actually you know facilitated、uh, the conflict. For him to be sitting next to him.、Uh, And not, in some way, indicate to the world that the Vatican is 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 displeased with this Kremlin aggression、um, was was hurtful for for a lot of、uh, Ukrainians and not just、uh, Ukrainian Catholics. And I think the important thing to keep in mind is that 
it's Russia itself that was a signatory to the 1994 Budapest Memorandum, which was uh, a document signed by the United States, um, France, England, and Russia. Okay, Russia signed the Budapest Memorandum in 1994, guaranteeing the territorial integrity of Ukraine in exchange for Ukraine giving up its nuclear arsenal. Right. So what does this say to any country that might be interested in giving up its nuclear arsenal? You know, Yeah, we're going to give up our nuclear arsenal, and then within a couple of years, we're going to be invaded. And, and I can't stress this enough as a Christian, as a Catholic priest. The concerns of the Ukrainians are not about, you know, holding on to land, holding on to territory, as, as legitimate as that is, right? I mean, it's legitimate to, you know, desire that your country have, you know, in territorial integrity in keeping with international law. The underlying issue from a Christian moral perspective is, do we try to get people of different ethno-national backgrounds to get along, live together, or not? In other words, what Russia in essence is doing is saying, oh, there's a large Russian language or Russian, uh, ethnically Russian population in eastern Ukraine. We're going to start carving away you know, parts of eastern Ukraine. Well, I'm sorry, that's what you know, led to to World War II. That's, that was the Nazi policy, okay? You've got Germans, you know, in the Sudetenland, so we're going to invade. So borders exist. Borders need to be respected as a matter of Christian morality so that those who live within those borders are compelled to get along. And by the way, Ukrainians and Russians were getting along in, in Ukraine. I mean, I've been working off and on in Ukraine for 25 years. There was no problem with, you know, Ukrainian nationalism until Russia decided to invade Ukraine. And this is why uh, we really do hope, and I, I'm very hopeful, I mean, the, the, this Pope is so wonderful in, in you know, speaking prophetically. I know that he will find the appropriate time to speak a prophetic word, both to Vladimir Putin and to a Patriarch Kirill, so that in essence, you know, the, the Russian troops that are in Ukraine leave. That was Sebastian Gomes speaking with Eastern Christian Studies expert, Father Peter Galatza. You can watch this and more interviews at saltandlighttv.org slash connect5. Coming up in our second half hour, Mercy Stories, and our featured chat with 14-year-old Cahill Gavin, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I don't remember when I first learned about Divine Mercy, but I remember praying the chaplet with my sister as teenagers. It is, a, it is a devotion that made sense to me. And I think that it's a devotion that makes sense to a lot of people. In fact, I am told that Divine Mercy is one of the fastest growing devotions in the church, especially among young Catholics. And this is why the Knights of Columbus has created a new video series titled Mercy Stories that shines a light on Catholics whose lives have been transformed by this devotion, by the devotion to the Divine Mercy. And it also connects their stories with the, with the life of St. Faustina and the message that Christ gave her. And to tell us more about this, I am now joined by the producer, David Nalieri, and joining him is Samantha Wallace, who is responsible for the Knights of Columbus social media relations. Welcome, you guys, to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks, Thanks so Pedro. Pedro. So, David, I'll start with you. Um, how did this idea to do these, these videos on mercy come about? 
Yeah, well, I think it's uh, born very much from our our desire to uh, continue the legacy of Pope John Paul II with our shrine in Washington, D.C. Right. And, of course, John Paul II played a huge role in promoting divine mercy and canonizing St. Faustina. Yeah. And then uh, we had Pope Francis call for the year of mercy and yeah. dedicate his papacy in such a special way to mercy. So we really feel that um, we were following in the footsteps of John Paul II and, and, and Pope Francis. And then with World Youth Day coming up, hey, what a great opportunity uh, to, to catechize young people about Divine Mercy as they go to Krakow, the home of St. Faustina, where Divine Mercy is born. Um, so right. all those factors came together, and so over the past year we worked on a whole series of videos educating people about Divine Mercy, the devotion, and then highlighting some incredible stories of people today, Catholics, who live mercy in their own lives. And um, so we created a, a web video series, and then yeah. we're really trying to promote it mostly through social media. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, so Sam... Part of the the idea was that the videos are intended for online use. I mean, that's it's a social media campaign, correct? Correct. Yep. So the videos right now live uh, in our YouTube channel under the playlist hashtag Mercy Stories. Right. So when the videos first came out um, during the Year of Mercy, we actually first showcased these videos in the Mercy Center in Krakow, which yeah. the Knights of Columbus sponsored for English-speaking pilgrims. Yes. And they went over so well that we ended up, when we got back to the States, creating this YouTube playlist, and so far we've reached over a million people with the videos. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, David, can you can you tell us uh, maybe one of the stories that stands out the most for you? Like, wh- when people see these Mercy stories, what kind of stories are we looking at? Yeah, so, well, for example, we traveled to Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, where this told the remarkable story of Jennifer Trapuzano. She yeah. was a, a young woman who had just gotten married uh, less than a year. She was nine months pregnant, and her husband goes out for a walk one morning um, and is shot and killed, held up and, and shot and killed by a young 16-year-old uh, boy. Um, and it was just about a couple weeks before Divine Mercy Sunday. And wow. she wound up forgiving um, the killer of her husband, and her daughter was born on Divine Mercy Sunday, and she wow. kind of used that as a as a way to teach about forgiveness and mercy. And so she shares very openly and poignantly her story. And that's just one of the mercy stories um, and one of the ones that I think has gained a lot of traction and really inspired a lot of people. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think many of us, we struggle in our own daily lives to forgive very minor offenses. And so that's an incredible you know, lesson for all of us and uh, shows the power of God to help someone forgive. So that's just one of the yeah. many, many stories that, that uh, are inspiring people. Okay, good. Now, do you, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, I'm a knight. So I'll say it right out, but I don't think most people think of the Knights of Columbus and they think social media. So right. <laughs> w- w- is this a new direction that the Knights of Columbus is taking, or do you think it's important for the church to be in social media? Like, what is the philosophy when it comes to using social media, I guess, Sam, right. for the Knights of Columbus? Well, right. So I think, actually, if, if Venerable Father McGivney, our, our amazing founder, were yes. alive today, I think he would be just as active on Twitter yeah. as most millennials. Yeah. You know, his um, his entire life really was about being with his flock mm-hmm. and, you know, meeting them where they were. And that's also something that's so important in the new evangelization, too. So I think it just makes sense for the Knights of Columbus, in continuing that vision and mission of Father McGivney, to make sure that we are on social media so that, you know, one, our Knights, can join us there yeah. and find inspiration, but also, you know, their families and other Catholics who mm. might not be in the order 
can also see the good works that we're doing and and get some inspiration for their own faith journeys. Yeah. Now, uh, I know that the World Youth Day experience, especially at the Mercy Center, was very much lived through social media. How did that go for the Knights of Columbus? Like, how did you? Yeah. I don't want to say how successful it was because I'm not sure how you measure success, but how did that go? Sure. So I I think it was very successful, even if you just look at the sheer numbers. We had... Yeah. Six million people that we reached on social media during that week alone wow. from the Knights of Columbus social media channels, our um, hashtag WYD Mercy Center yeah. hashtag on Twitter was trending, especially after the Night of Mercy, which was this incredible experience yes. that, of course, you remember. Yes, with Matt Maher. You know, we and had the side. Eucharistic procession and Bishop, Bishop Barron spoke. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just incredible. But I think even more so than the sheer numbers that we reached, we saw through um, through social media these one-on-one human connections happening. Right. So something that sticks out in my mind is we had people from the same diocese back home who had never met, but who are making plans via Twitter to meet at the Mercy Center. Oh, yeah. And to me, that's really what the power of social media is. Yeah. What would you why What would you tell Sam, a Catholic who is kind of weary about social media. Why should Catholics be on social media? Well, I would say that, you know, we've had three amazing popes who have spoken about social media and technology as a tool that isn't intrinsically bad, right? No tools are, and it's really the intention and how you use them Mm -hmm. that can make them really powerful tools for sharing Christ's love. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, especially... Today, we hear all these stories about cyberbullying and other, you know, negative things happening online. I think it's really where Christians and Catholics need to be in order to share that authentic joy right. of Christ, you know, and give people something to see that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, David, you, I mean, you obviously are a filmmaker. You produce all, if most, if not all, the videos for the Knights of Columbus. Do you find, how do you find social media I mean, clearly it's important for you to help promote the work that you do. Is it more than that? Yeah, no, I think it really is, Pedro. And I think I think one of the great untold stories of the Knights of Columbus in the past couple of years has been this really explosive growth in our social media uh, mm-hmm. uh, department and, and what we're doing online. I think one of the things the Knights of Columbus are very proud about is you go to you drive into any small town in the United States or in Canada, and you oftentimes see a sign of the Knights of Columbus. Like we're part of the community, yes. we're ingrained in the community. And right now, there's a growing online community. That's where people are meeting. That's where people are engaging. They're sharing right. their ideas. They're getting inspired. And a lot of, the, especially the millennial generation, they're doing it online. Uh-huh. So we want to be part of that conversation and be part of that engagement. And the other thing we're seeing is this kind of technological revolution where more and more people are getting their video content online. They're streaming right. rather than watching linear television. Yes. So we're seeing these two huge trends emerging, and um, and Sam and her teammate Gwen have done a great job in really mm-hmm. growing our social media platforms. We're seeing really, really high levels of engagement. Yeah. And we wanted to create videos, produce videos that can inspire people, share about the mission of the Knights of Columbus, but then also more broadly about the faith. So we're right. trying to make video content um, that is about the Knights, that can serve our members, um, but also that is about faith formation, that is inspirational nature, because um, we want to be a social media platform that is for Knights, but also for all Catholics, for all people who want to learn more about the faith. 
And um, and so I think this is the wave of the future. And I know right. I know it's some prop, I know you're you're aware of that page when you yeah, do a lot no, of great job a, with your online yeah, work too. But it's absolutely, uh, this is the future and where we yeah. need to be. So maybe just quickly in closing, um, anything new coming down the pipes? So you're working on a new documentary. Is there a new social media campaign coming up, Sam, David, anybody, anybody? <laughs> What's um, new for well, the Knights of Columbus? Something something that we're really excited about, and David kind of spoke to this uh, just minutes before, is that. You know, because we want to be a place where people can deepen their faith in between, you know, every Sunday at Mass, we're really looking to increase our general, you know, Catholic interest faith formation um, content, and especially with video. So hopefully in the next few months, you'll be seeing a new faith formation video series on YouTube and, of course, on Facebook. Um, And that will really answer questions that all Catholics have, like, how do I go to confession and make a good confession? You know, where did the rosary come from? Things like that. And okay. I think that will really engage, you know, the the new generation of Catholics and, and knights. Okay, sounds good. We're going to have to leave it there. Um, so, but I'm really excited about that formation, faith formation series. Thank you so much for what you do. And, and these videos are, are, are ex- extraordinary, David. Thanks. Thank you for putting them together. It's, it's really good. So it's a pleasure oh, to promote Oh, thank you, Pedro. Yeah, thanks for, sure. for your time for this interview. We really, both of us really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Pedro. Sam Wallace is the social media specialist at the Knights of Columbus. And David Nalieri is the producer of... Uh, the Knights of Columbus video series Mercy Stories. You can watch all the videos on YouTube. Just search for hashtag Mercy Stories. And you can also, of course, follow the Knights of Columbus on social media. They're on Facebook, Knights of Columbus, and also on Twitter at KFC. I'm sure they're on Instagram and others. But I didn't ask what that address was, so find them on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Cahal Gavin, with I Watch the Sunrise by John Glynn from his album Voice of an Angel. through the clouds warming the earth 
That was Cahal Gavin with I Watch the Sunrise from his album Voice of an Angel. Cahal Gavin is a teenager from County Mayo, Ireland. Cahal sprung to fame after he released the album that we've been listening to, Voice of an Angel, in October of 2015. Now, Cahal is now 14 years old and has had many experiences that others only dream of. He has appeared on several TV and radio shows and has performed extensively throughout Ireland. And now, here he is with me on the Salt and Light Hour on the phone from his home in Swinford, County Mayo, Ireland. Cahal, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, Father Pedro, Deacon Pedro, how are you? I am a father. I'm a father of two boys, but uh, <laughs> but that's okay. You can call me Deacon. Um, so tell me a little bit. I'm curious, uh, of course, about a lot of things, but I'm curious about the album. How did you end up uh, wanting to record an album? Yes, well, it all started back really in um, February of 2015 when my uh, granduncle, Father Vincent Kelly, passed away from Alzheimer's. And... Um, my granny really wanted to record the CD, like put a few songs on the CD that we could remember the songs I used to sing to Father Vincent that used to calm him down. Right, so you, um, used, you sorry, you used to sing to your great uncle, Father Vincent. Yes, because we figured out um, singing really relaxed him and brought him back to his usual self. Ah. And um, we just really, he really enjoyed and I sang to him. And this is the reason why my granny wanted to uh, remember the songs I sang to him by putting them on a CD. Right, and, and, and in case anybody missed it, because you said he had Alzheimer's? Yes, he had Alzheimer's. And was he was he living at home, or was he living in a, in a um, home? He was living with my granny and my auntie and oh, um, for the last four years of his life. Right. So really on a day-to-day basis, I got to meet him, and this is where I used to sing to him in her house. Right, so so a very special meaning for for you for this album. So were the songs you picked the songs because these were the songs that you used to sing to him. Yeah, every song had a meaning and every song had a purpose that I picked. So mm-hmm. it was really sentimental. The reason why we made the CD and it was it was just such a wonderful experience making it. Right. Now, did you yes, ever yes. think because you recorded the CD? And then you you decided that the proceeds would go to support the Foxford Alzheimer's Daycare Center. Um, yes. Did you ever think that that was going to be so successful? I mean, you raised what like twenty one thousand euros. Yes. In the first which four is the months. The equivalent of thirty two thousand Canadian dollars. Oh, you did your research, eh? Thirty two thousand yes. Canadian dollars in four months of selling this CD. How much are you selling the CD? Each CD is worth a thousand euros. No. <laughs> Um, yes, the CDs are for sale on my new website, uh, com, and they're 16 euros, which I think is the equivalent of 22 Canadian dollars. Yes, and it's well worth the 22 Canadian dollars or 15 euros. Um, you, so, so you recorded this, you, you're doing it thinking of your uncle, you're thinking about supporting the Alzheimer's Society, this Alzheimer's charity. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of got out a little out of hand, I think, and you're being asked to sing in all these other places. Um, one of the places where you got to sing was at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I suppose from all the experiences of um, performing at different events and concerts, um, I decided I'd enter the Junior Eurovision uh, singing competition, where right. I reached to one of the finalists in the end of the competition. Okay, and you 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 wrote a song in, in for for that contest. Yeah, I wrote a song in Irish, which is the language of Ireland. Right. And um, it took me 
about three months to write it with a good friend of mine. Okay. And um, the song went down a huge hit in the competition. That's great. And um, I was really happy with the results of it. So this 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 competition, the Eurovision Song Contest, is kind of like like the equivalent of American or Canadian Idol or or, or yes, uh, yeah, um, X a very Factor big competition across yeah. Europe. Across Europe, yeah. Um, what was the experience like? You got to meet lots of other people. Yeah, I got to meet uh, lots of celebrities who did perform in the Eurovision. Uh huh. And I got to meet loads of other kids who have amazing voices. Right. And um, I really enjoyed the experience of filming the show right. and writing the song. Uh-huh. It was an unbelievable experience. So tell me a, bit, a little bit about the song that you wrote, because uh, it's in... So is Gaelic the same as Irish? When you say Irish, or is Gaelic um, a yeah, different language? Irish or Gaelga or Osgaelga. Okay, okay, yeah. And do you, is that a language that you speak? Um, well, <laughs> I, I study as part of my uh, schooling, and we have an exam at the end of three years. Okay. Right. So um, the song, which is called Shumaglor, uh-huh. um, it, this means this is my voice. Right. And it's a song about my journey and my journey of writing the CD, well not writing the CD, putting okay. the CD together right. and all these oh, experiences good. I had throughout my life and throughout the time of the CD and of all the places and people I've met. Okay, beautiful. And it's a wonderful, a wonderful experience it has been. Yeah, and I believe that that song is available on YouTube, so... We can uh, we can put that link on our website yes, so yeah. people can go and watch it. Um, so um, so so that was uh, obviously I think I would think that that would have been a highlight of your young career. But you've said that one of the highlights for you so far was opening for a grandparents mass in at yes, the Knock Basilica. Definitely. Why 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 a mass? Well, the grandparents mass uh, wasn't just any ordinary mass. It was a mass. That took place in Knock Basilica, yeah. which is um, an amazing basilica, and the attendance there on that specific day was just over 8,000. Oh, wow. And this is where I met Father Thomas. Okay, and yes. And it was just such an amazing day meeting all the people, Okay. and I even met people who bought my CD, and hearing feedback from them right. was just wonderful. Oh, that sounds good. So, so for people who don't know, Father Thomas is my boss, Father Thomas. Yes. Um, so, so was it significant that it was a mass? I mean, what, yes, yes. What did you sing? Um, at that mass, I sang in the arms of an angel. Oh, beautiful! I sang this song because it was a mass for grandparents, uh-huh. and I just felt like it was just such a significant song I could sing on that day that grandparents and the rest of their family could hear. Right. That's amazing. And you know how Pope Francis has been talking a lot about how we need to, that young people need to be in conversation with their elders. Yes. So I think that you're already a a great witness to that, uh, to the importance of that. Um, Not just because of your relationship with your uncle, but even the fact that you're I'm amazed that there's a grandparents' mass. I don't think I've ever heard of a grandparents' mass, but I love that idea. Um, yes. Um, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, the dream is to become an aeronautical engineer. What? <laughs> a singing... I don't know if that's going to happen yet, <laughs> but I really would love to pursue a career in singing or music or something in that industry. Right. You could sing in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The, you know, you know that there are these uh, three priests who are Irish, who are very yes. well known singers, known as the priest. They've actually have been on in this program. They've been here in yes. Canada a few times. Um, maybe, maybe a, a future performance of 
Cajal Gavin with the priests. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that would be very fun. Okay, but I guess religious life is not necessarily in, in, in the cards for you? I don't know. Maybe. It runs in the family, maybe. It runs in the family. Yeah. Right. But aeronautical engineering sounds like a little bit more fun, maybe. That's the dream, yeah. Now, do you have any uh, more plans to put together a, another album or more composing? Are you writing more music? Yeah. Um, I'm taking off time uh, this couple of months to do my exams, which are in June. Right. And then I hope to get back to the recording studio to record my second album. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, which is, I've already half uh, put together, but just to finish it off, get all the final touches on it and hopefully be ready by autumn. Okay, good. And so we can maybe have you back on the program program around then to talk about yeah. your new album. Um, are, are, is it the same type idea? You're using covering songs from other people, or are you having any of your own songs in the new album? Um, maybe a mixture of both. I haven't really decided yet. I've only I've put one of my songs on it, the Show McGlure song that I wrote for the Junior Revolution. Right. But everything's open and everything's a possibility yet. There's still lots of time. Okay, sounds very good. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah. We're going to leave it there, Cahal, but it's been great to finally connect. We've been, we just so that our listeners know, we've been at this for nine months or something just to try to co coordinate so we can get you on the program. So it's very yes. exciting to finally have you in the program. And I love the fact that radio allows us to do this. Um, you're sitting at home on the phone. I'm in Toronto and we can do this and we can talk to each other. So yes. that's uh, a, a great uh, blessing. Thank you so much for what you do. And Thank for, you so for much, Father Deacon Pedro. Yes, you're very welcome. Take care. <laughs> okay. Love you talking to you. Thank yes. you. Yes, okay. You can learn more about Cajal Gavin and purchase his album, as he said, at his website, cajalgavin.com. And just so that you know, it's Cajal, C-A-T-H-A-L, Gavin, G-A-V-I-N. But I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily, cajalgavin.com. All the proceeds from the sale of the album go to support the Foxford Alzheimer's Daycare Center in County Mayo, Ireland. Here now is Cajal Gavin with the title track of his album, Voice of an Angel. We're listening to Cahal Gavin with Voice of an Angel from his album of the same name. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that you can always reach us via email, Facebook, or Twitter at Salt and Light TV, or you can reach me, Deacon Pedro, also through Facebook or Twitter. And me at Emmy Callan. You can also contact us via direct voice message right off our webpage, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's something that Billy set that up, uh, set up a few, uh, actually a long time ago. So please use it. I don't think anybody has ever used it, but it's really cool. You can comment on anything that you hear on this program, and we're going to read or listen to every message. And and hey, maybe we'll even read some of that on air. So go to your computer or your mobile device and send us a message. And if you haven't yet sent us an email or Facebook or Twitter message, you need to do it now. Yes, we need to know that you're listening because we're really insecure. So just uh, a quick message, radio at saltandlighttv.org uh, or you can Twitter me at Deacon Pedro GM, at Emily Callan or at B. Joe Chan. And if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at that same webpage, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. And the show could not be possible without the support of our featured artists and all our guests. So go check them out and support their work. 
Thank you for listening. May you continue having a blessed Easter season. I'm Emily Callen. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been the, the Salt, Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour.